Can't get enough wrestling talk? Well, check out Ringside Rant with top guys RJ and Justin, the kings of ranting. The new shows drop each Friday morning at 9 Eastern, and it'll take you back to the good old days of pro wrestling, but also the not-so-good days. Ringside Rant is available on all podcast platforms, as well as full press coverage, Wrestling with Johnners Network, and the Shining Wizards Network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore ringside rant. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows drop Friday morning at nine Eastern. That's ringside rant with RJ and Justin, a couple of top guys doing top guy stuff. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows Friday mornings at nine Eastern. It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rand is with you this week. And introducing your host, he is Cincinnati's favorite son, J.D. Justin Davis. And from Rochester, New York, he is the man with the magical voice. RJ! And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation. Welcome to episode 163 of the Ringside Rant. I am the man with the magical voice, RJ. He is low key and he's a big hog, Justin Davis. Justin, what's up, man? You know, someone told me I had a big hog the other day. I think that was the first time anyone's ever told me that in my life. Did you see it on the internet? Because if you see it on the internet, it's got to be true. <laughs> I am good here on a uh, rainy, what is it? What is it? Tuesday? Tuesday. Rainy yeah, Tuesday we're, morning. Yeah, we're I, recording a little off kilter because now I'm off. You're off from school for the, for the summer. Yeah, I don't know what day it is. They're all the same right now to me. Oh, it's it's tough. I can yeah, it's real tough, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm like coming from a guy that you know you, you work X amount of months a year. I gotta I'm working overnights next week, so it's like oh, it's like you're just waiting for that kick in the balls, or I am anyways. But ain't that a kick in the balls? Now how that song I, goes. Isolate <laughs> and cut, and that'll be the new drop for yeah. Uh, so. Yes, going forward, that we're into the second week of the month on our March to King of the Ring 2002. A lot of good reaction from last week. Uh, summertime is kind of tough uh, as far as podcasting goes that, over the last few years I've seen, but we're still going strong. Uh, this week, we're actually talking about SmackDown from June 13th, 2002, the Bilo Center, Greenville, South Carolina. This is a stronghold of old school Crockett NWA days, Justin. Um, mm-hmm. What are you kind of expecting? Obviously, being the first time you're seeing this. Um, I was just kind of, I was interested to see how they were going to handle the Stone Cold walking out thing. Mm-hmm. And they did touch on it two or three times throughout the show, promoting something they're going to do on TNN on Friday or Saturday night about the whole special on Steve Austin's departure. Right. So, and like I said, we're 10 days away from King of the ring. We're still going to go over the go home show next week. Uh, we're going to obviously go over that at the end of the show, but uh, it, it's just too, like I said before, 2002 is really that stronghold 
for the WWE at this time. It's either you're coming right out of the uh, buyout from WCW. So it's either you're sinking or you're swimming. And they're really, this is that crucial time where, you know, you have Lesnar, Benjamin, um, uh, Cena coming in, the real young guys coming in to the company and trying to get them over because it's like that turn of uh, every, every, every like 10, 15 years, you start to see that. Um, 92, 93, it was kind of that lull, 2002, it's really starting to rev up. What surprised me as well on this show, it's in Greenville, South Carolina, and we have no Ric Flair on the show. Yeah, I found that interesting too, because granted, this is a SmackDown, so you're potentially not going to see him, but Vince is quote unquote, the GM or owner of SmackDown. Mm -hmm. So you would think you'd see something along the lines of trying to, you know, continue that storyline of Flair versus McMahon um, that we would see going forward um, into the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, But a feud that we really don't want is with Mr. Rich Palladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. It's the opening contest. We start the show here, Justin, with Vince McMahon coming out with this whole contract signing between Triple H and The Undertaker. Vince is flanked by a huge amount of security guards uh, because this feud that they've had with Triple H and and, and, um, Undertaker has really created a whole thing on its own where I you haven't really seen it up to this time, this type of feud. Yeah. The the thing that I noticed that I didn't like about it is I don't like this face triple H. Mm -hmm. Like there are some face triple H versions I can go with like the DX stuff. Um, But this, I don't know. I just, I liked him as a heel so much more. It kind of threw me off as into this angle. Same, same way with taker being a heel at this point, you know, I just think it's they kind of want to do something a little different. This this kind this era is with Triple H as far as he's coming off his injury. So they kind of just like everybody that comes off of injury. Uh, somebody probably something we're gonna see probably in the next number of months when Cody comes back. I mean, you kind of had to make him face because when he returned, the pop for him, his return was insane in the membrane. Right, especially when he came back there in uh, at MSG on Raw, but. I think they're trying to uh, bump up those ratings on SmackDown at this time, because that's why you're putting this feud over on SmackDown where Undertaker is pretty much a, the guy on SmackDown and Triple H was always the guy on, on raw Mm -hmm. later on. But here in 2002, we're trying to, you know, flip the coin, flip the coin a little bit and see who's, who's doing what. Um, and a lot of the times, too, there really wasn't a huge brand split like it would soon become uh, over the next year or so. Uh, but, yeah, I just I, I'm along the same lines of you where it's just Triple H was so much better as a heel. Uh, but we're going to see <laughs> Billy and Chuck and Rico standing on the wrap holding chairs um, after this very, very long segment. I didn't like how long it was. Yeah. Um, Looking back at it now. I'll tell you this, as far as this show goes, overall, I wasn't impressed. This is the least amount of notes that I've ever written for a show. 
Oh, gr- oh, great. So that means it's good. This show is going to be fantastic. So you might want to just stop it now, pause it and uh, go on to our next episode. I'm joking. <laughs> Keep listening. But um, cause, cause you know, it's it can't go anywhere. It can't get any worse. I just, I don't know. The more I watch it, I was like, oh, this is kind of just a so-so show. Well, but if you if you think about it though, too, when you get these buildups to a lot of these major pay-per-views, whether it be King of the Rings, SummerSlam, what have you, that middle of the month is kind of when they're starting to mail it in a little bit because they want to kind of continue these storylines, but at the same time, kind of give these major guys a rest, guys like Triple H, Kurt Angle, Undertaker. And you don't, and you want to build a storyline without giving too much of it away. You know what I mean? Right, right. On, so on free TV, I guess. <laughs> So Triple H is basically taking out the uh, announcing ta- announcer's table with his hand or his sledgehammer, and he's yeah, just he got ballistic. super. He got super pissed. When he takes out this camera at the end, so it's like, what the, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And he's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere until I get the Undertaker back out here and all that shit. And you know, Vince finally comes back out and uh, it makes uh, the main event for the for this episode of SmackDown is Triple H and Hulk Hogan versus Undertaker and Kurt Angle. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's correct guys. That's I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not lying to you. That is uh yeah, I going back. This really doesn't, I remember watching this live and it doesn't really stand up to uh, today's standards quite a bit. Cause it's like, uh, all, all right, we're really going to do that. Huh? Aren't we? Well, today's standards. I don't know if it's that high either. Right. Right. But I just something that I didn't really. It's kind of a a storyline with like Billy, Billy and Chuck and Rico. Three great workers, though. I'll give them that much. And it's just like, okay, are we? I I know it's 2002. And I just didn't get it. No, it was it was not good. But you know what, as someone that wasn't watching a lot around here this time, what surprised me was uh, seeing Billy Gunn and Triple H have heat with each other on the show. Well, I just wish they would have done more. used to them more. being in DX and all that type of stuff. So. I just wish they would have done more with it, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they've their chemistry that they could potentially have together for a decent run. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying have a, a month-long program or anything. I'm saying a couple weeks here and there. Triple H obviously goes over. Billy can get him over, you know. Uh, but that really never materialized into anything. Uh, so another thing that I really could have done without is this whole Nydia, Jamie Noble, and Hurricane. Oh, you know, that whole love, love, tri- <laughs> love triangle kind of bullshit with – uh, Nidia licking his face after they take the mask, and I, I that's get how, it. That's how Efren says hi to me whenever we see each other. Licks your face. Mm-hmm. He's like a dog. Um, you, have to, you have to hit him with the newspaper and tell him to stop. You just hit, slap him on the top of the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No. Okay, I was going to say something to that, but I'm not going to. Or just let that one simmer for now. Um, first match after this long long fucking segment man I, I i'm still i had to watch it a couple i had to watch it in spurts because i fell asleep a couple times uh king of the ring qualifying match uh for the king of the ring at the end of the month is test taking on the hurricane uh obviously hurricane is your cruiserweight champion at this time clearly 
it's not for the cruiserweight championship because test <laughs> is not a cruiserweight. <laughs> that would be awesome if test was the cruiserweight. Oh my champion. god, that would be fantastic. <laughs> he'd have to lose he'd have to lose probably about 70 pounds because he's probably he's probably a biscuit shy of 300. He's a big dude. But he's um, tall. He's tall. Yeah. He was tall. So this match was what it was. Uh you know, we knew, kind of figured Tess was going to move on because Hurricane, this whole feud here with Jamie Noble, you knew it was going to go towards that with the title match at King of the Ring. You knew that was going to happen. So mm-hmm. it's like, why are you going to put Hurricane in this match? I get it. One of the better workers being Shane Helms. But I it, I didn't really dig it, to be honest with you. Well, I think the match to me, it, I think the story it was trying to tell is that Test is going to be a definite uh, threat to win the king of the ring mm-hmm. no yeah. i get that i, I get yeah. that and even even devin dowling wants to know is why don't you guys think that test was a bigger star um i think I, there was some backstage issues with him and personal struggles with drugs and alcohol or whatever that was holding him back at, at some point right and that's because if you go back and look a couple of years prior he's in a major storyline with Stephanie McMahon, Vince McMahon, Triple H. So, you know, they were trying to, you know, strap the rocket to his back and take him wherever it can go. So, you know, when you get in a storyline with a boss or anybody in the McMahon family, that's kind of special. That's kind Mm -hmm. of the fact was, okay, you're a big deal. Um, He was, uh, Tess was in that training program with guys like Lance Storm, uh, Edge and Christian out of coming out of Canada. Uh, I believe he was training with, oh crap, even Trish Stratus was in that, in that training group. I forgot the dude's name. It's going to kill me right now. Shit. Anyways, um, I'll, I'll Google it afterwards and it'll probably pop me. But I just think, like you said, it was just the backstage, you know, outside of the ring, outside of wrestling kind of stuff where he had his demons. And ultimately, unfortunately, it was caused uh, of his death uh, later on. But Test was the tip prototypical to me, but the prototypical wrestler for Vince McMahon, tall, yeah. muscular, good looking. And he still could move though. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would be tagged uh, sooner than later with, uh, he would be tagged with uh, Albert forming TNA with Trish. So though, just those okay, three. I, in I also general, think, I also think there was a slight lack of charisma holding him back from being a top level star. Yeah, but that's but that's when you put somebody with him that can talk for him. You know, and but at this time there really wasn't there really wasn't anybody there that could really do that for him. You, you know, yeah. un, unless you'd find somebody uh, uh you know from raw bring him over or developmental at that time bring him up and talk for him. What about but, Teddy what about Teddy Long player? <sighs> Yeah, but but you you also have to think about how how are you going to correlate that that uh, team though? You, <laughs> I know, you know what I mean? It's an odd pairing. Isn't it's it? an odd pairing, and it's just like okay, well, maybe you get like we'd see him get paired up with Stacy Keebler later. Maybe that's something that they should have tried earlier. Yeah. Uh, so you know who who knows? But um, Brian Ramza also wants to know too is uh, Test advanced in the King of the Ring. I never got his into his character. Why did you guys think of him? What did you guys think of him? Excuse me. Did you see him as a main event player? Um, I could see it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was right then. I could see it down the road if 
he improves and gets better in certain areas and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know that those things ever really occurred. Well, and I think too, given a year or two, uh, go to about 2003, 2004, you put him as a heel. We'd see him become part of later on. We see him become part of the un-Americans with that stable of William Regal, Lance Storm and Christian. So they really kind of tried to put him in there and try to see what he could do. And he really got over as a heel. But the problem is, it's like, okay, push comes to shove. It's always going to be those outside forces that really controlled him, unfortunately, to really get that big time push because we really didn't see him, at least on the main roster. Later, we see him part of that ECW uh, second run in WWE, you know, become, you know, storyline wise as far as the ECW championship, but nothing. You know, major obviously he'd win European championships, he'd win IC championships. I think that was perfect for him, where he didn't really have to, you know, have all the charisma in the world. He let his work in the ring talk for him or talk for him. Mm-hmm. Granted, I see what you, you're saying as far as charisma, and but maybe that's something where you kind of just you know take him off TV for a while. You know, as, as Bruce would say, a new paint of coat mm-hmm. and try to reinvent himself. And I think that's what we they did there when he cut his hair, when he did the whole thing with Stacy. I think that was their attempt, but it just didn't take. Uh, so something else that didn't, like I said, didn't really take was this whole Nydia Noble thing. It came out and took the mask off of Hurricane. I've never been a fan, regardless of who it is. I've never been a fan of unmasking people. Um, obviously I think what they should have done at this time was, do you think think that hurricane was shamed because of his Lucha uh, roots? (laughs) Yeah. 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 There you go. But the thing is with with that, it's like, why don't you do that then when you turn him into, you know, fuck, even go sugar Shane Helms, go back to his WCW days. Mm He's part of three count. Do something with that. You don't have to go completely over to the other end when eventually you become Gregory Helms. Yeah. But take the mask off. And the really the mask isn't. I I get that, you know, kids and they're trying to merchandise all these masks and all that stuff. I get that. But you gotta think long term with this. The cruiserweight division in 2002 was the drizzling shits, I think, because there's only a handful of guys. You look at cruiserweights, Brian Hebner and I were talking about the other night when we did the Rey Mysterio episode. Is you go back to the cruiser rates in WCW, as you know, 96 to probably about 99. That was the best cruiserweight division of all time because mm-hmm. there's so many cruiserweights, you know, because they had the uh, working relationship with AAA, with uh, New Japan. So you had all these guys coming over. At this time, it's like, what the fuck, man? There really wasn't anything here. No. That, you know what I mean? WWE was never good at having a cruiserweight division. Right. Um, so I don't, our think next... they were, I don't think they were ever uh, committed to it. No, but they were committed to it like WCW was with Eric Bischoff. Yeah. Bischoff put us all, all, all hands on deck with the cruiserweight division, and it showed. Mm-hmm. Um, our next I mean, test would end up advancing. Our next uh, King of the Ring qualifying match is Hardcore Holly taking on Tajiri. Another one of those matches where it's like, okay, what the fuck are you doing? You know who's going to win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there really isn't any surprises here in 2002. Hardcore Hollywood then, um, you know, take uh, take out uh, 
uh, Tajiri with Alabama slam to give him the pin victory. Um, like I said, one of those things that's like, okay, what are we going to do with this? You can't, you're trying to thrust these guys into the limelight with this tournament. Guys like hardcore Harley, like test that normally wouldn't get the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, this so, was just, this is a forgettable match for sure. I, this is, this is what most of this show was for me. It was forgettable. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of forgettable, Michael McClanahan money, Mike is up with a question. Um, right about that. <laughs> I, I, come on. I'm, I'm lobbing the softball to you, Justin. You got to do it. <laughs> He's a busy dude. First and foremost, seriously, I, I know you, you know, some of our listeners may not know. Um, Money Mike has actually got a new job now. I believe he's an adjunct professor at his alma mater. Do not send your children to St. Bonaventure University. Well, you could, just not into the uh, that aspect of a major. Well, he still might... You, you still might encounter him in the halls or something. Well, okay. Okay. So, so I, uh, we're going to go into the weeds for a little bit. Cause I have to ask this. Cause I know you're going to have fun with this. If money Mike was not the professor that he is, what class would he teach and why would it be basket weaving? I probably, he would just teach a one course elective on Charlotte flares anatomy. Ah! Yes. There I it is. Imagine, I would imagine. <laughs> or badminton or something. Oh my God. Oh, how oh about like, no, uh, he's not allowed to teach any sport activity. That's for sure. They wouldn't yeah, hire bad, him for badminton's that. Badminton's not a fucking sport, though. It's an activity. Yeah. He says he's a Bills fan and he thinks Dan Marino was their quarterback. So shame. Shame. <laughs> Ring the bell. Shame. Shame. Anyways, his question <laughs> I wanted to get in real quick was what are your thoughts on the King of Ring? gimmick slash tournament if you could rebook one king of the ring tournament which would it be and why oh that's easy for me it's mabel right it's mabel <laughs> 1995 right? king of the ring but then who would you book into that though who would i have win it anybody I, but mabel I, I dude i would i don't about, know man because i let me let me boot this up that was you said it was 95 yes right okay how about sean michaels no, really? You're going to go that? He really? The, he was in the tournament and lost. You're out of all the people in the world. I figured you'd say like Bruce Hart or something just to get a Hart family member in there or something. Sean, listen to this. Sean Michaels had a time limit draw or a double draw with Kama Mustafa in that King of the Ring. Okay. I, I get that, but it's just like. You got fucking Mabel taking out the. I, I get where you want to be, and, have yeah. Mabel beat everybody, but it just Under, wasn't Undert- working. Undertaker putting Mabel over clean. Like, what the fuck? Okay. I, I got, I got three. I, well, not three. We'll say, well, yeah, we'll say two because you already said, um, Mabel. Fuck is, May, May, not Mabel. Fucking, uh, actually, I'll give you three names. You got, I, I'll give you fucking four names. Bam Bam Bigelow, Savio Vega, Diesel, and Psycho Sid. There's yeah. four names right there that you could have easily win King of the Ring. Well, Savio Vega gets to the finals and faces Mabel. Yes, he does. But King of the Ring is like the beginning of softball season, so Sid's out. Okay, fine. Fine. I get that. <laughs> but, you know, you got – I just – you could have very easily because – well, this is the first round – We'll get back on topic here because fuck you. I've kind of figured Money Mike would come up with a question that would take us fucking forever to ask or answer. 
So this is the bracket, the first round going forward for the King of the Ring tournament in 1995. I gave you four, four names right there that could easily win. Mm-hmm. So you got Adam Bomb, Mabel, Jeff Jarrett, Undertaker, comma, Duke the Dumpster Drozhey, King Kong Bundy, Shawn Michaels, Bob Hawley, Mantar. So there you go. You might as well just stop right there. The Roadie, <laughs> Doink the Clown, Yokozuna, Lex Luger, Razor Ramon, and Jacob Blue. The so, only good, the only good thing about this pay per view was it was kind of Roadie's coming out pay per view. Roadie had a good King of the Ring. He won yeah. Uh, yeah. one match. I think he lost his second one, but he sure. he put on a couple good performances. Yeah, he ended up losing to uh, Savio Vega, who would yeah. he would make both of them would end up. You know, Roadie would make it to uh, the uh, semifinals. Semifinals, yeah. So, but you can also, like I said, I just didn't get it. You had Bam Bam Bigelow. I. At this time, tagging it was a fucking main event. Bam Bam Bigelow and Diesel defeating Psycho Sid and Tatanka. Yeah, that that think was about a that terrible that was, main event. That was your fucking main event. It was awful too. You should watch it. I just watched it actually. Did you this last week? <laughs> you had fucking Bret Hart and Jerry the King Lawler in a kiss my foot match. Yep. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> That goes to show you why WCW kicked the shit out of WWF yep. for 83 weeks. This is a specific, re- specific reason. Excuse me. Anyways. Thank uh, you, Money Mike, for yeah, getting us all riled up. Son of a bitch. God damn it. <laughs> um, so, but seriously, the Money Mike, thank you very much. Uh, Tajiri, I want to talk about the him for a second. Obviously, this match was a squash match, but one of those most underrated wrestlers of all time. If you have time, go back and watch some of his ECW stuff because yeah. he was legitimately one yeah. of the best cruiserweights. He's a fantastic worker. Yeah. And, and still, performer and, and performer. Right. And I think up until recent, he was still working. I think he was working over in Japan for a little bit too. Him and uh, Taka were working over yeah. in Japan uh, up till the last few years before COVID hit. But I could use uh, a taco right now. Taka, not taco. Oh. I know it's Tuesday, Taco Tuesday, but fuck, man. And you put um, Skyline Chili in a taco. There fuck. you go. It, it's called ground beef. It's not Skyline. <laughs> Actually, that's just Skyline Chili Burrito. They have those at Skyline Chili. Do they really? Yeah. So do they actually, do you have to eat it when you're on the toilet or do it's, you just? It's recommended. Okay. I, f- I figure it goes, it goes right through you anyways, but. <laughs> Uh, so our next match is Chris Jericho and Lance Storm taking on Vale Venus and Billy Kidman. Yeah. Okay. So first thing I wrote, I actually did have some notes on this one. Oh God. This is uh love yeah. Jericho's music and entrance at this time. Of course. Okay. Um, break the walls down. Always awesome. I just wrote Val Venus is still here. Well, he would come back. Be, keep in mind it's, uh, Royal Rumble 2002. Vel Venus okay. would officially come back. It was Venus, uh, Gold Dust. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah. You remember that? Okay. Uh, Mr. Perfect would come back yeah. into that. So uh, they're really trying to really work on that nostalgic feel here, I believe. Yeah. Um, his name now is the Big Balboski, though, which is annoying that they have to say it all the time, like the Big Balboski. <laughs> when I ever think of that, I always think of um, the dude. Yeah. And uh, that's your opinion, dude. Kidman looks pretty good here. He's kind of jacked a little bit for Kidman. But even in 2002, he's coming out, you know, this is right out of the whole invasion bullshit that we saw. 
And Billy Kidman has always been a good worker, even going back oh, yeah. to his flock days, as we talked about in previous episodes. Yeah, his his um, crack his meth head uh, days. Right, Brad, Brad, Brad Stanton's favorite wrestler. <laughs> um, but also, a little context to this. This isn't the first time we've seen Chris Jericho and Lance Storm tag up. They are the former Sudden yeah. Impact uh, super, uh, tag team going back all the way to Smoky Mountain. Yeah. With Jimmy Cornette. Canadian connection, baby. And um, they've, But they've always worked well together, even whether mm-hmm. it's against each other or tagging. They always worked well together. I just think I was never, and this may get me a little heat, I was never a big Velvinas fan. Regardless of the character, regardless of whatever, I just don't, I didn't care for him. You don't like the choppy, choppy, pee-pee spot? It was the Attitude <laughs> Era, man. But they were trying to saddle everybody with fucking gimmicks. You know what I mean? Choppy, choppy, pee-pee. As you wear a low-key big hog shirt. That's just kind of ironic at this point. Uh, but I, it is what it is, though. Um, but keep in mind, I actually, you'll get a pop for this they replay that storm shoulder was up because brian hebner is the referee of this match yeah so they and sure brian replay- fucks up the finish as usual that's what you know what? Do. you know what fuck you that's what hebners do they just they can't get it right at the end somehow oh, jesus christ anyways <laughs> uh little context to this we're gonna and then we'll get back to what i want to say right after this with the hogan promo um storm was seen backstage yelling at brian uh uh behind gorilla there saying that it's typical american behavior and especially from his family to screw canadian wrestlers that's right this is kind of i actually that was was the best part of the show for me right there I, I, I I i figured as much so i wanted to bring it up um but I actually messaged this to Brian and said, Hey, do you remember this? And he's like, he honestly doesn't remember it, but this was well, kind of the form, the beginning of the formation of the un-Americans. People put painful memories out of their memory. You know, he just, I'm sure he realized he fucked up like usual. And then he just forgot about it. Anyways. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, you were talking about Mabel winning the King of the Ring. Okay. And I said Shawn Michaels, and you th- th- couldn't believe I said this. Now think about this. Which name goes better in this list of King of the Ring winners? Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels, or Bret Hart, Owen Hart, and fucking Mabel? Uh, Mo. The man <laughs> on the mission. Well, I would have been fine if Dink won the King of the Ring, but we couldn't get that. Um. Yeah, I like whenever you say dink, I always think of ding dongs, uh, uh, hostess, oh, don't the hostess put, treat. Don't put that visual of Polly B in that orange stretch spandex <laughs> in my head. No, again. not those, not those ding dongs. The other <laughs> ding dongs, actual, the, the actual thing that got over more. <laughs> um, well, so, I, I think Polly B's ding dong was over in that spandex, according to some sources. I, the pictures have been taken. I have a picture of it. <laughs> 
Uh, oh God, that'll rock you to sleep tonight. I, I, w- I would suggest you guys not eat during this episode because that's just a terrible visual visual. Um, and no, much love to Polly B. Anyways, so I got this new security system set up here at the house. So I got a camera on the back door, camera on the front, all this shit. And now I can let the dogs outside and I can watch them as I'm ha- doing the podcast with you. Look at that. I'm Welcome I'm, to I'm, the I'm... 21st century, Justin <laughs> yes. fucking Davis. That's right. And You're now, just a lazy son of a bitch. You don't want to get off. Well, now I can watch all the bad shit they do. And then I go out there and be like, hey, I saw you do that. And then he'll be like, like they're going to fuck. They're not fucking kids, man. <laughs> they're not going to remember shit. God damn it. No, I get that. Actually, I was thinking about doing that, too. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I'll put cameras. And I'm like, oh, I don't want evidence for the rest of the bullshit that they do when nobody's around. <laughs> yeah, um, so anyway, so we got this next match was kind of a forgettable match was Farouk taking on Reverend Devon. Yes, that yes. Devon. Preach it, brother Devon. So, seven second match. Spinebuster yes. ends Devon. Seven seconds. The, the only thing that you got out of this was Deacon Batista. This is the debut of Batista. Yeah. And, you know, Brad Stanton wanted to bring this up too. Is what did you guys think of the Deacon Batista character and overall introducing the new characters this way, like bod esque bodyguards like Diesel? Um, I, I like that way of introducing it. As far as the character, I can't really speak to it because this is the first I've really seen of it. So Sure. So he would later on, he would just be basically the uh, sidekick of Devon. He'd come out with a chain around his neck with kind of like a collection plate where he asked for <laughs> donations. I'm going to start walking around with that. I'm going to walk around with that top guy weekend, a collection plate around my neck. Yeah, but it's unfortunately a Top Guy weekend. You're going to get other donations other than what you want. <laughs> you think Super Dave will puke in my collection plate? Well, allegedly, he's off the booze. Allegedly. What? I <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it lovely his lovely wife, Stephanie, got into his wife, Stephanie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's my here's yeah. my theory. With, here's my problem with this whole situation. The man eats flaming hot Cheetos like they're going out of style. He'll put that in his body, but not. A, no, but that's, you know. that, that stuff falls off the truck. <laughs> that's what he it's probably what he has for dinner. Everything when his when his wife is doesn't doesn't feel like cooking, he probably eats flaming hot Doritos. <laughs> Dude, you might as well just put the flaming hot Doritos on top of Skyline Chili and just shit your brains out. Just you know, I, you know what I think. You know why I think he quit drinking because he knows he can't walk out that backyard half sloused or else that goose fucking drowned. Well, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. It's like when that goose was going after him, maybe it was a couple. He had a couple, two, three hundred beers or something in his <laughs> system, and the goose said, "You know what? The goose thought, hey, the goose, the this goose is saw a time. An opportunity. He saw exactly. An opportunity. He saw the opportunity to take out Pondwater Dave, and they said, you know what?'" Fuck you, Pondwater. You're hammered. I'm going to freaking peck the shit out of your ass. Yeah, he's like, this is going to be easy. I there saw pictures go. from Top Guy Weekend. There, there you go. Goose316 says, I just pecked your ass. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've Print, heard of copyright. I've, I've, heard of pe- I've heard of pegging, but not pecking. Well, right. But that'd be a different shirt for a different person. But, uh, <laughs> but Devin Dowling also wants to know which gimmick was, uh, did you like better Reverend Devon or Kurt Angle's uh, headgear and wig gimmick? I liked the headgear. and, and uh, I absolutely love gear. that. So, <laughs> um, why? And also our buddy, uh, I believe drew, uh, wanted to know too, because to bring up the Kurt Angle angle head gimmick, do you, th- 
do you think that Kurt Angle was Chad Gable's father at this time? Mm. Because he looked <laughs> awfully familiar. Yeah. Or awful similar, excuse me. You never know. But um, anyway, so another forget, forgetful uh, match was Trish Stratus and Linda taking on Ivory and Jackie Gata. Context to it, Linda just, and Jackie Gata were the winners of one and two, were the yeah. winner of Tough Enough. Yeah. I just watched this show last night and I already forgot about this match. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much this match mattered. The fucking thing that I, I gathered out of this, Trish Stratus never got a fucking entrance on TV. Yeah. Why would you not do that? And I, I get that you want to get Linda and Jackie over as your tough enough winners. I get that, but I just fuck man. Um, so a little context to the King of the Ring. They show the brackets for the first time. You got Xbox taking on Rab did Van you, Dam. Did you watch Tough Enough? Uh, the first two seasons, and it kind of. I think that's about. All, I think I watched first one or two too and that was about it i kind of i believe i actually I, think i just watched the first one the first because i whatever one that the miz and john morrison were in i watched that one too mm. i think there's a third one or something but um velvin is taking on chris jericho Tess and hardcore holly booker t and brock lesnar uh so that's your bracket for the uh king of the ring tournament going forward um so it's main event time thank fucking god <laughs> and I never thought I'd say that about this match, but thank God we're at the fucking main event. You got Hulk Hogan and Triple H taking on Undertaker and, and uh, Kurt Angle. Right? Right. Yeah. So Triple H yeah. runs out and Blash Angle in the back, so he doesn't really get the entrance. Um, Hogan isn't in this match. They take a or, a or Hogan out early, so no. it's basically a handicap match. Yeah, Hogan shows up at the end. The crowd was into the ending, though. The crowd went nuts when Hogan and Triple H beat up Angle at the end. It absolutely, like, went insane. Um, we saw Angle's ass. Oh, so, you uh, know, it, hey, when you see Angle's ass, you're over. Well, and Angle was wearing a red thong, which was <laughs> always a funny which, gimmick okay, when they so put on stupid underwear. Who has a red thong, top guy-wise, and why is it Money Mike? Mm. Well, if Money Mike has a red thong, he stole it out of Charlotte Flair's bag at some event. There it is. There it and is. Has kept it ever since. <laughs> He's probably he'd probably have it in like a shadow box or now. That thing right now is so crusty. It's probably harder oh. to rock. Oh. Right, we're just gonna let that simmer <laughs> there for a time being. But we got a few listener questions here I wanted to get into because this was, like I said, this is a forgetful match because Hogan and Triple H must pose at the end of this match. Yeah, and that's pretty much what you got out of it. You're continuing the storylines going oh. forward to the King of the Ring. Hogan finally the- had hair. He put on angles. The wig, wig yeah. Thing. But it's just, it's just. It, the only reason for this match was to continue the storylines between Hogan and Trip or Hogan and um, Angle and Triple H and Undertaker. That's pretty much all that was the point of this match. Yeah, that's all it was. And I get it. I get it. Looking back on it now, you want to continue storylines going forward, but it's like, okay, it's 2002. You know, it's fucking 2002 when you got you're trying to relive this glory days of Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, so Devin Dowling's back. He has a question that reads: During this era. Triple H was a baby face while Undertaker and Angle were heels. This seems odd that I feel Triple H is best used as a heel um, and Undertaker as a baby face. We already touched on that, but it really, 
solidifies our reasoning behind it for this match. Yeah. I didn't like it. Triple God. H doesn't fucking pose. <laughs> Hogan poses. And even that, I don't like. Yeah. I'm, I'm De- Devin Dowling should pose. There you, there's your uh, answer right there, Devin. Devin Dowling should pose on uh, the kickout crew. Shout out to those boys. Uh, go download their app. Do, just do with, subscribe and download. And he's allowed to post it, but just do it with your shirt on, Devin, please. Please. And you got fucking coach out there, and he's on a fucking cruise with his lovely wife and kids in fucking Alaska. Who the fuck goes on a cruise to Alaska? I don't know. I, I would. I, you know what? I would like to take a cruise to Antarctica. Okay. That is, that is a true statement. Why? Um, I've read a lot about uh, Ernest Shackleton, who explored Antarctica back in the early 1900s and all this stuff, and I would just like to go see it, some of it. That's all. Cricket, I want, cricket, I, cricket. I want to see, I want to see cricket, penguins. Cricket, cricket. <laughs> you, you can go to the fucking Cincinnati Zoo and get fucking, see fucking penguins. But they're not in their natural habitat. Oh, Coming from a guy that had to go to Boston to see the fucking Reds win. <laughs> they were not. I had to go outside their natural habitat to watch them win a game, too. Outside of Cincinnati's their natural <laughs> habitat. There's only time they can fucking win. Um, had a great time. I had a great time seeing the Green Monster, though. Even though I do now have nuclear heat with Frank Bruno. Did you know this? I did not. A little context to that would be great. Um, well, he is super upset because he lives close to Boston and I didn't tell him I was coming. So he, you know, could have maybe tried to get a ticket to the Reds, the Red Sox. Well, game. but you're going to see you're bunking with him SummerSlam weekend, right? Next well, that's week. what I thought. I thought two weekends in a year because I'm with him at Top Guy weekend, too. I thought two weekends in a year would be like way over my quota. Enough. Oh, and I'm going to hang out with him when the Bengals play in Nashville, I think. This this winter. When so is that? What's he, what uh, weekend like, is that? It's a couple days after Thanksgiving, like November twenty seventh. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's not going to make any difference because by then the Bills are going to be running rough shot all over the AFC anyway, so it's not going <laughs> to make any difference. Um, so <laughs> Brandon Ramza has two more questions uh, about this uh, match. He said, aside from the main event, most of the matches are really short. Do you guys? Thank like God. Having, yeah, thank God. Do you, do you like having short matches with more people on the show or having longer matches that can tell a better story? I think it all depends. Like if it's these depends types of matches. It depends yeah. on who's in it. And the yeah. stories and the stories being told. But if it, for these matches on this card, give me no. the short ones all day long. Right. Right. Because at least with this main event, yeah, it's a fucking clusterfuck, but at least it told a story going forward going towards King of the Ring with these four guys in their respective feuds. It proves a point. Yeah. Um, he also wants to know, best comedic wrestler. Is uh, Kurt Angle the best comedic wrestler? Uh, or could you also legit mm. stretch you and hurt you as a comedic wrestler? And why is it Gerald Briscoe? Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. Um, Gerald and Pat were both great. Um, I'm trying to think of who else would be how about uh, you go back to um, a comedic wrestler? Like, does how about uh, fucking um, Rick Martel? Yeah, I guess he kind of you know, was. You, you, can, you can you can kind of consider the model gimmick, uh, or excuse me, a com- comedic wrestler because you yeah. it's and he could he could fucking stretch you like the well, best of them. I'll tell you, probably my favorite one would be Mister Sacco. 
that was definitely comedic. Uh... There's a there's a there's a joke there. <laughs> And a lot, and anybody who's listening to this now knows what that joke is. And I really don't have to say it. So, um, but yeah, I would really say Martell because outside of Briscoe and Patterson, that's pretty much it. I mean, Angle, as far as, on the, Ang- I, as, yeah, far as the comedic wrestlers go. Angle was really good though. I'd say he's probably right. I mean, I guess Flair could be considered a comedic wrestler at times. At times, but he's known for a lot of other things. Same with Angle. Angle could Angle and Flair could really do anything. What about Ronnie Garvin and Drag? <laughs> we'll just leave that to there. I, I, well, would that be Rhonda Garvin? Miss Atlanta Lively. I believe was her name. That's from what? That's what, 85? 86? 8 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 88. Because I remember fucking when Tony and Conrad did it when they watched that year. <laughs> Holy shit. I think that was last year, I believe, right? Huh. They did 80, 88? Uh, no, I thought they did 86 last year. 67. I can't yeah. remember. Anyway, so we're going to end on a hot note before we go over to wrestling with music because save the best for last. Miss Amy Vaughn. Um, Keep in mind, she is going to be at, she made sure that I want, and I wanted to mention this too. She is going to be manning the Sabreth Conrad booth at StarCast. So make sure you go over and say hello to- Wouldn't she be womaning it? Not manning it. She's going to woman it. Really? I I know you're out of school and you really want to put your (laughs) fucking teacher hat back on. Fuck. Okay, fine. Womaning- (laughs) <laughs> the booth at Starcast. I guys, you can hit him up at JD2040 and shit on him for saying this, but um, no, seriously, though, go over and say hello to Amy. She's an absolutely fantastic person, a uh, loyal listener to the show, and just all around great person. Um, she asked, This is okay, so this is like a money Mike question, so it's very long. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like the King of the Ring concept and how it, how it has been used over the years? I feel like it has been too much of a start and stop situation. We get King of the Ring for a couple of years, then we don't for a couple of years, mm-hmm. then we do for a couple of years, etc. We had some great King of the Rings crown, Macho Man, Booker T, Owen Hart, then some maybe not so memorable, Don Morocco, Sheamus, and Tito Santana. Have you ever have you seen? <laughs> and, okay, Mabel. Okay, oh Mabel, it's in it's in um, smaller print. I apologize. <laughs> Have you seen the King of the Ring winner elevated strictly by winning the tournament? Have I seen it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I bring up, you you mentioned three good ones right there, Amy, that got their careers elevated because of it, because we saw Macho King, we saw King Booker, and we saw King King of Hearts, Owen Hart. But also keep in mind, a little context, you're going to see 2002 King of the Ring winner. His, had his career elevated because of it. Stay tuned to the end of the month and you'll know why. I mean, for me, first of all, I agree with Amy that it is too much of a start and stop. I do like. The, oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. Oh, I hundred percent agree. I do like the uh, setup. I like, I said, I think I said this last week. I've always liked the tournament sure. style uh, sure. stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but as far as people that I think the top guys that got elevated by that, I mean, you got to say Steve Austin's number one. Oh, um, I fucking forgot about him. How, how the hell could I forget about Steve you Austin? Would, I, I think I would say Triple H would be number two. 
Um, okay. And then, well, and then makes sense. you know, I think Booker was already kind of a star when he won it. Uh, maybe Owen, you could throw in at number three for that. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of careers been made by winning King of the Ring. But you know, context to it, we're gonna see it at the end of the month. There's no sense in hiding it. We can see we're gonna see fucking Brock Lesnar become King of the Ring. Kurt Angle was King of the Ring. Yeah. You know, earlier on there, and he had the hell of a fucking first year. Kurt Angle, King of the Ring, multiple championships won. Um, so pretty much anybody outside of Morocco, Sheamus, even Sheamus, you can arguably say Mabel. That. Yeah, Mabel was probably <laughs> legitimately the worst one, just because it was that time of the fucking WWF. It was. A I'd rather shit. I'd rather have Maven be King of the Ring than Mabel. I'd rather have Money Mike be fucking King of the Ring than Mabel. <laughs> There you go. There's a new thing. Top Guy Weekend. Fucking king or king of Top Guy Weekend. There you go. You get the scepter and you get the fucking crown in the uh, whatever with the shoulder. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Money Mike's strong enough to hold the scepter up. That could be an issue. Yeah, it could be. Well, yeah, but he, he can. He has his brain power can lift it up for him. <laughs> or you could just just eat a bunch of fucking blue chew in anyways. But they're not sponsors, but I'm still going to fucking t- say it. But. Anyways, one guy that doesn't need blue chew is Elijah. So Elijah, come in here at the button, buddy. Having two successful podcasts, having a job that I'm up for at 4.30 in the morning, having a family, having a 10-year-old son that I want to go outside and play ball with each and every day. I needed a lot of energy, and I wanted to stay fit at the same time. But And I really didn't want to take... You know, this pill or that pill or all these different pills that'll cost me hundreds of dollars. But thanks for a great new sponsor, AG1 by Athletic Greens. I don't need to do any of that. Just with with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced superfoods, as well as probiotics, to help you start your day right. This is a special blend of ingredients to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, and you recover and you focus so much better with AG1 from Athletic Greens. And the best part about it is it costs you less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all those different supplements from the store, all these different pills. It is just simply fantastic. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with confident daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support, vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks to our friends over at athleticgreens.com. Dinner is unavoidable in that it's something we plan around almost every single day. When you think about the time that goes into deciding what to eat, shopping, prepping, and cooking dinner, 
it can really add up. And sure, alternatives like takeout and delivery are convenient, but they can quickly burn a hole in your wallet. That's where every plate enters. It's America's best value meal kit. Every plate helps you skip the tedious trips to the grocery store and delivers everything you need to cook consistently, affordably, and produces delicious meals. Choose from 17 weekly recipes and then, well, just sit back and relax. They'll deliver pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards right to your front door. You're probably asking, hey, I'm not that much of a cook. No problem at all. Every plate recipes come together in just six simple steps and are done in just about 30 minutes or less. You'll learn how to make a ton of different recipes, practice cooking techniques, and save money all at the same time. You know, I always had an issue and I was very skeptical about meal kits as far as being too expensive or really not knowing what you're getting in the mail even though you ordered what you wanted. That is not the issue here with every plate. Every plate delivers each and every time. It is America's best value meal kit plan. So get started today with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code RINGSIDERANT179. It's plain, it's simple, it's your best value meal plan. Go to everyplate.com and enter the promo code RINGSIDERANT179. Let's get musical. Let me hear your body talk. We have a total, Justin, of 68 entries for our wrestling with music. We'll be hitting the 70s after today. We'll get up to 71 right now. So that's going to be fucking fantastic because, you know, we've got a lot of allegations against us that these rankings are rigged. Um, <laughs> I so, will, so rigged, unbelievable, yeah, so rigged. Exactly. You can consult our lawyer. We have multiple <laughs> lawyers on 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 the payroll um, between any number of lawyers we have. We I think we have probably what three right now, Justin. Yeah, but all we need is Stephen Pino. Ah, fuck Stephen Pino. Who'd he ever beat? beat Anyways, lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> just not in the ring, but yeah, yeah, right, exactly. In another setting. So, Justin, what is your, uh, your entry for this week for Wrestling With Music? Well, I thought, you know what? Today is the 23rd anniversary of this man revealing himself as the higher power. So what, not, what better way than to uh, honor him with his uh, musics? No 
All right. So we're going to bring that down. So, Justin. Come on, come on, come and get it. I like this strictly for the reasoning behind. It's legitimate. When this fucking hits, you know who the fuck it is. You know shit's about to fucking happen. Shit's going to hit the fan. Um, And it solidifies the character of Vince McMahon. Mr. McMahon, excuse me. They still use that for his music? Correct. Yeah, so that means it's good if he's had it all these years. And, uh, you know, it's not the most, I mean, obviously the the hook on it is catchy, but it's not the most catchy song. It's not mm-hmm. br- brilliantly written. I wouldn't say it has, uh, you know, Neil Young type of lyrics to it. But Jesus I mean, Christ. <laughs> I don't know where you want to, where do you, you want to put this? Maybe. I think I would put it right in front of Bischoff's. I was thinking that too. I was even thinking about possibly going up underneath uh, Gold Dust, right above um, Henry. Um, just be, simply because one, when that hits, you can yeah. sing along to it. B, you can walk to it because you go back to the days of, you know, Austin saying the best theme songs you can walk to. Yeah. When you, like I said, you can fucking, you, growing up, a little peek behind the curtain. I used, used to actually walk out to this music growing up in my fucking gym shorts and t-shirts, pretending <laughs> to old Vince McMahon walk and all that shit. Um, so I think it was a little bit I want more, you to do the Vince McMahon walk at Top Guy Weekend. Hey, if you get, hey, play the music, I'll come out to it. I don't care. What do I got to lose? <laughs> Fuck. Um, so I, like I said, I would put it at 21, to be honest with you. Okay. Right under Gold Dust. Because I think Gold Dust um, theme is a little bit more uh, recognizable, too. Yeah. And, and, I, and think, just, I, th- I just think it's better. I don't know. Gold I don't know why. Mean, yeah. I don't know why I think it. But, well, I just... but that, that, too. And I don't want to get my ass chewed out by Amy. So I want to make sure that it's underneath Gold Dust. <laughs> exactly. Um, so with that being said. My pick this week, there's just no way. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. (laughs) It's all about the game. And now you play it all about your truck. And if you can take it, all about your debt. And if you can pay it, it's all about pay. And who's gonna make it? I am the game. You don't wanna play me. I am control. No way you can shake me. I am heavy debt. No way you can pay me. I am the pay. And I know you can't take me. Look over your shoulder. Ready to run like a Cleveland bitch from a smoking gun. I am the game. And I may do. All right, we'll bring that down for that. So this has to be up high, man. I don't care what you guys say because you go to any sporting event. Baseball, football, hockey, basketball. This, I guarantee you, this song plays. Okay. A couple things on this song. First of all, 
um, Radiohead, you know, doing the song, that gives it extra style points. Mm-hmm. Um, forget the guy's name that uh, sang Lemmy. for the Lemmy. That's all I thought. Um, Rest in peace, Lemmy. Yeah, I mean, his voice is amazing in this. Um, the song itself is catchy. It feels like it's a song, kind of like I said about Mark Henry's song. It feels like a song you could hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. Not like a wrestling theme song, per se. Sure. So I could see this going for me, probably where you got it. Yeah, That's, top 10. Yeah. It's got to go 10. I just think because with Flair is iconic, Robert, all the ones up here, Flair, Roberts, Harlem Heat, Demolition, Bret Hart, Undertaker, NWO, Savage, Austin. Those are all iconic. Mm-hmm. Are they as iconic as Triple H? Probably. Uh, but I, like I said, it's, it's got to be top 10. It's got to be because... You know what I think would be fun to do at the end of this when we get to 100? Sure. Is take our top 10 okay, and put it um, out on Twitter and have our listeners give us their top 10 out of that top 10, right? Kind of rebook it. Yeah. However they view that top 10 to them. Sure. And then get all their responses, take the averages, and we would have the ultimate top the 10. ultimate top 10. That makes sense. It does. Hey, that's uh, you're even out of school. You even have good ideas when you're out of school. <laughs> I like averaging things. <laughs> Wait for it. I'm very, I'm very average myself. Well, no, I was just going to go back to your low key big hog shirt again. I'm just going to play off of that all fucking episode. Um, So we got Triple H sliding in at the top 10, right behind his idol, idol, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Flair. And right, right above his uh, click member, uh, Razor Ramon, Scout Hall. So our third entry this week is going to be a listener selection. Heel Eddie, Eddie Prather, uh, added this one he has been hounding us and hounding us and hounding us for the last what month yep to add this one so (laughs) eddie this one's for you buddy bringing it down because i just want to because if we keep that playing <laughs> we'll be fucking listening at all goddamn day so, all right fabulous Freebirds, michael p.s hayes terry gordy uh what the fuck was the throw i just fucking saw it uh fuck the, it's gonna kill the me. little dude the little dude him too <laughs> um so honestly 
He said, if it's not top 10, he's going to stop. I, I don't know. It's not top 10, man. It's not no. top 10. Okay. Let me, let me tell you what I think about this song. Ed. Sure. First of all, I like the, the opening guitar riff. Um, I like the bass in it. Um, that kind of boom, 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 boom in the back. Mm-hmm. I like that part where it loses points for me. And I, and I like the chorus. Mm-hmm. The, the part where it loses points for me is when the guy's singing kind of low and stuff like that. I don't, I don't really like that part of the song. You you do realize Michael PSA sings this, correct? Okay, well then that's why I don't like this part okay. of the song. Okay, oh, there you go. I'm mean, I'm just saying. I just yeah, <laughs> I would probably put that because I got it right there. I, I I'm just saying because as far as the originality, because if you go back and listen, if you go back to the '80s. In early 90s of professional wrestling, NWA Crockett days. This was one of the first yeah. themes to ever be out there. So I just think legitimately it should be higher than a lot of people would normally put it, strictly for the originality, strictly for the nostalgic feel of it. Okay, I'm fine with it. Um, I have it right now, right under Piper, above Gold Dust. Um, I don't think legitimately it could go a lot lower. <laughs> to be to be quite I honest mean, with you really for me it, depending on how much a person likes it that thing could go anywhere from 10 to 25 on a list oh without on, question on this list sure i, I it, it, it wouldn't go lower than 25 but I, I think being at 21 right now i think that's legitimately as high as it can can go maybe 20 above piper maybe but if you go, if you put it up against the brood, but Edge, Chris Jericho, and WWE, I can't put it above Piper for my list. I know oh, no. that I know that uh, Ed's like uh, seventy-five years old, and so he's more sure. into that uh, right. that stuff down south. You know that pre WCW stuff they used to do the wrestling down there. Uh, well, I was watching WWE with Piper, and I loved it when those bagpipes hit. So. Well, right. But like, like you said, it all depends on what you grew up watching. It all depends. I get that. I totally get that. And that's why yeah. I, I have a hard time putting it any higher than that, to be honest with you. I think 21 right now is as good as it's going to get. As good as it gets. That was a good movie. That too. Anyways. <laughs> so those are our three editions this week. Let us know what you think. Obviously, Eddie's going to let us know regardless <laughs> <laughs> on what he thinks. Uh, so with that being said, next week, Justin, uh, we are going to be going over the June 17th, 2002 edition of Monday Night Raw. It is the go home edition of Raw to uh, King of the Ring. So we're going to see a lot of these, like I said, each and every month, we're going to have uh, these uh, uh, feuds being really sewn up tight on the go home Raw, the go home Smackdown, building towards King of the Ring 2002. Um, a lot, a lot of the stuff is you're going to see it happening. Uh, we're going to be, I, I've been enjoying it obviously outside, outside of this episode, it's been kind of, it's been all right. Um, but going forward, you could always hit us up on, on the Twitter gimmick. I am at underscore ringside rant. He is at JD 2040, or simply just go over to castby.com slash ringside rant, get all our platforms around there. Big thanks to the Shining Wizard Wrestling Network, full press coverage, and Wrestling with Jonas for having us on their fantastic, fantastic programs and their websites and, of course, their platforms. So, with that being said, Justin, what you got to close up this week? 
Oh, not much. Um, everyone just enjoy uh, their week and thanks for listening. And uh, thankfully, you know, Bryant Harebza wasn't making me listen to some god awful rock music that never should have occurred. So Eddie's music was better than Bryant's. I'll say that. So thank you, Eddie. Well, we'll see what happens next week. We got Bryant coming up next week. So, guys, oh. like I said, if, if, <laughs> if you want to add your thoughts on wrestling with music, you have an addition, uh, addition to the, each episode, hit us up because we got Eddie and we got um, Bryant Haremza. We got two more from them. If you want your voices heard, let us know what you want. Yeah. At underscore ringside rant at JD2040, wherever, whenever. We are here for you guys. We're like downtown Julie Brown. Just call in. We'll play the song. It's Casey Kasem. Actually, <laughs> Casey Kasem sounded like Johnny Ace for a second there. You can't. You can't be Casey Kasem. Um, Nobody can be Casey Kasem. Well, because you, you can't count backwards. Well, that too. Well, I he can't only... count forwards either. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks it's for time. listening this week. What, we'll what, was it, what was it he always said? It's time for our very special dedication or how, that's john tash <laughs> no isn't it but no remember during the casey, casey oh, our long he, distance dedication yeah, that's what it long is long distance dedication i fuck okay so we're gonna end on this because we're gonna go out in the weeds but each and every week i would ask to li- listen to that each and every sunday on my way back from church yeah I, I listened to it on the way to church i think because yeah. it was it was usually right around because we went we had uh, 8 a.m. mass every week, every Sunday. We'd oh, go. see, I didn't go to church till like 1030. So I was listening to it. Well, on the but way keep there. in mind, we also went to religious instructions afterwards. Well, that worked out well. Oh, fuck. Yeah, right. No <laughs> shit. I, mean, I haven't been to church since my son's been baptized. Who was your um, instructor, Josh Rosenbaum? <laughs> <laughs> it's neither here nor there. He's probably old enough to be our the fucking religious instructor. But uh, no, we but on our way home, we'd always listen to it on the way home because we had probably about a 10, 15 minute drive from church home. So we listen to it every week. And even then I'd make sure I'd listen to it. I'd go on when you actually had to actually tune into a radio. I had a little box radio in my bedroom. I'd listen to it every week. Remember, at the end, he would always sign up and keep reaching for the stars. Yeah, I'm Casey now, Kasem. And now he's one of those stars. So. <laughs> we think. I don't know if they ever did bury him. Everyone was fighting over his body. Well, right, exactly. Who knows at this point? We can Casey go Kasem's, at this point, Casey Kasem's like weekend at Bernie's. He's probably in Aruba right now, chilling. Why not, though? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Well, we could do a whole other episode in Casey Kasem or something. But, <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks for tuning in this week to the Ringside Rant. We'll see you right back here in Ranchers Nation next time.